Hello and welcome back to the Prodigy Podcast. My name is Hassan and before we get started with today's episode, I want to tell you a little about today's episode sponsor. Today's sponsor is One South. One South is a sustainable UK BJJ brand from Brighton. And so what do I mean by sustainable? Well, we all want to try and help Mother Earth or this is way to do it and buy some BJJ apparel as well. Their rash guards are made from 78% recycled ocean waste. Their t-shirts are 100% recycled polyester blend. So not only are you rocking some of the nicest, comfiest gear, you're also helping Mother Earth. From their t-shirts to sweaters to rash guards, they all look really slick. And not only are that, but they are really comfy. Um, I essentially, for the whole of this winter, haven't taken off my One South sweater because it is probably the one of the best things I've owned. So go check them out and get a discount code with Prodigy10. And now enjoy today's episode of the Prodigy Podcast. Right, welcome back to the Prodigy Podcast. I'm all caffeinated, back up, and we are on episode 21. And we've got someone who's uh, right in the midst of preparing for a fight, which is uh, pretty excited given the current circumstances. Um, Kate Busick, how are you, Kate? Hey, I'm Ryan. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, you're, uh, well, I was going to say on the other side of the world at the moment, but you're on <laughs> uh, a more colder continent um, at the moment training. Yeah, well, definitely colder. It's about minus 10 right now and piles and piles of snow. <laughs> you've uh, At the moment, you're preparing for a fight that you've recently announced. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, finally, finally. I've been trying to get matched for any show for ages, for about two years. And obviously, Corona didn't make it any easier. And then when the, the, the opportunity to actually fight on Clan Wars in Ireland came about, I was super excited for that. Um, so that's going to happen on the March 20th, which is pretty soon um, in Ireland. And it's quite a big show. Um, there's going to be a lot of other people fighting. And I think it's it's really good that there's something happening because obviously there's not much happening in the UK right now, especially when it comes to amateur MMA. Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a nice thing to to have to look forward to. I mean, personally, myself, just kind of like you say, we haven't seen uh, the issue is is we don't see amateur competition at the moment because you know they don't have either the opportunity to train or yeah. compete. It's just professional athletes, so it's really nice to be able to kind of. Uh, and, season, and even uh, even with the professional shows, there's not that much happening in the UK right now. Like obviously, Cage Warriors they're still going ahead, but any other like shows that obviously abroad, like Dubai and anywhere else in like Europe and states, but like there's not that many shows happening in in the UK altogether now. Yeah, we uh, pretty much all the regional shows have closed down. I know we had a few drive-in MMA shows. Yeah, it was were... contenders in the summer, which was a pretty cool idea. Yeah, I love that. It kind of spoke to that uh, that image of uh, American, like when you kind of watch the movies and you see people. Yeah. We don't really have dry foods; aren't really a thing in the UK, mainly because the weather's shit. Um, so yeah, that was really that, cool. That was really cool. I like that idea. Um, well, I thought I'd uh, start the interview by kind of throwing things back, which was um, you had a bit of an uh, well unconventional start or introduction to martial arts and. Uh, I just kind of, it was quite interesting because it really did, um, from what I've seen, it really did change your life. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a super long story, but um, basically I always liked to fight <laughs> since I was a um, super young kid. Um, you know, I grew up in Poland and it's quite easy to get into an argument here, into a fight, especially if, if you know, you stand up for yourself or your friends, then you always get into trouble. And I sort of never had issues with, like, fighting with people. I, I quite enjoyed it. If, you know, if there was something happening, I'd definitely find myself in the middle of it one way or another. <laughs> and uh, obviously my mum hated it because obviously she had to speak with all the teachers and all of that. It was like probably like the, you know, textbook problematic child. <laughs> um, but then um, I started going to like football matches and like fighting there and like, I had quite a lot of fights on the street, like being drunk and stuff, being a teenager. And then when I was 17, one of my friends was like, oh, how about you just, you know, come with me and join me at my Mai Tai gym and like, you know, do some training together. I think it'd be quite good. Um, and I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll give it a go. And I went there um, and I did that session. I remember I really enjoyed it. But at the time I smoked like at least a packet of cigarettes a day and like, I drank quite heavily and like I partied a lot. 
And then I remember I did maybe a couple of weeks of like serious training because I really got into it. And I realized that like, I enjoy it, but I'm really struggling. I've got, I've got the power, I want to do it. And like, I feel like I have the energy, but I can't breathe. So I realized that I've got, I've got to quit smoking. Like I'm either going to like quit smoking or I've got to quit training because I can't do both. <laughs> um, so I quit smoking. And then, you know, soon after that, I quit drinking. Then I stopped doing drugs and I, you know, quit shit friends. And <laughs> I sort of, you know, got myself into it. And I had my first fight. And then, you know, like that, that's, that's how it all started. But it wasn't until like probably, I don't know, four years after that, that I decided to do it professionally. Yeah, and and it's it's quite interesting because, um, like you say, you you know you started from a a, a striking background, but I guess uh, if we, you know, if we look at you from uh, a UK perspective in terms of kind of maybe what you've excelled at in competition most recently, um, you know, people may know you as a grappler and as quite a high level grappler, and haven't seen that striking side to you often. Yeah, definitely, definitely, because um, I've been focusing quite heavily on my grappling and my my wrestling for the past uh, what like three years, ever since my last MMA fight. Um, because I realized that was the time when I realized I sort of heavily relied on my striking back then, and I felt like um, I don't really need that much grappling. Like my grappling is good enough for MMA. And then obviously I realized that <laughs> this is not true. And I, you know, I promised myself to focus on like grappling and actually get better at it. So I gave myself a deadline that I should just like, you know, try to focus a little bit more on grappling, a little bit less on striking for like a year. And then I should be ready to come back into like fighting MMA. But obviously that year turned into like three years because the more, the more I was focusing on it, the more I realized there's, there's to it and the more I have to learn. Um, and it's only now that I actually feel like, okay, I can actually link it all together. Um, and I can I can come back into MMA and like feeling more confident, feeling more well-rounded. And in terms of competition as well, I guess it it really let you spread your wings in terms of looking at kind of regional competitions. You've competed on a lot of invitationals as well and really uh, giving your space, to, well, giving yourself time to grow as a grappler and really implement it, kind of let it soak in, if you will. Yeah, definitely. You know, like I never say no to any opportunity. So if there's there's a chance for me to compete somewhere uh, or to fight somewhere, whatever that discipline is, I'll do it. You know, I've had some boxing tournaments, even though I've never trained boxing. I've done a wrestling tournament, even though I've only been focusing on wrestling properly for a couple of months. Um, you know, wh- whatever there is, like if, if there was a karate com and that would be the only thing that I could possibly <laughs> do in the next month, I'd do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I like to mix it up and if I can fight it in any way, I'll do it. Like no matter where it is, if I can make it happen, I will make it happen. What what draws you to competing? Is there something that you particularly enjoy about competing quite frequently, irregardless of whether it's mixed martial arts or grappling, jujitsu, wrestling? Is there is there something that you quite enjoy about staying that active? Yeah, to be honest, I love competing altogether and I, I love testing myself in general. Um, so even when it was like, I don't know, exams at uni or something, like everyone was stressing and I always enjoyed it. I don't know, I just like proving something to myself. Like, um, I don't know, I just, I just like testing my skills and my knowledge and proving to myself that I can do something. I quite, I quite find it quite like satisfying. And also, like when it comes to competitions, it's you know it's the people, it's 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 the general atmosphere, and like you know it's the place, it's it's just good vibes. It's people that are like like-minded, and you know it's not often that you can see all of them in one place. And you know, then when there's a comp on, you usually see people from all sorts of cities in the UK, or maybe even in Europe, coming together and you know just doing that one thing that they enjoy um, in that one place. And I find it, I find it quite amazing, to be honest. It's just good vibes. Yeah, it's it's a good. I mean, um, bef- without trying to jump down the rabbit hole of spiritualism and stuff like that, but it is quite calming and it's quite satisfying being around. You know, th- there's not often that we you bring together that many people with a with a shared interest. Exactly, and like most of you have the same goal or like similar goals, and you're all heading sort of the same direction, similar lifestyles. You know, there's quite a lot of similar general interests, and it's really easy like to talk to people even if you don't know them. <laughs> You just end up making friends every every comp. I think it's one of the best ways of. There's not there's not many things where you could put people a group of strangers in a room and uh, they could all be getting along like a house on fire by the by the end of an hour's session because 
jujitsu and just generally martial arts just have a way of doing that yeah definitely i agree with that so what what uh interests me a lot about you is that you're very uh, it seems that you're very attractive to growth in a sport and 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 you talked about whether it be you know formal education or martial arts you're you're drawn to not only competing but to kind of growing as an individual and like i say whether it's education or sport um has that always been the way yeah definitely so um especially now that i'm actually currently in my hometown like i i sat with myself yesterday in in the evening and i just had a little think about everything um because i haven't actually been here for like many many years and i started remembering everything from my childhood and how it used to be here and i remember that you know all of us kids growing up together here like we never we never really were meant to make it you know we never had any goals or any like you know big options in life um everything was quite limited so most of the people surrounding me they never really aimed for anything they never really wanted to be anyone or achieve anything like it was like we were born like having to have our goals limited in one way or another um but then like for most of my life i've just been like super dedicated to proving that wrong for some reason because i never believed that i never agreed with it i always i always felt like really strongly motivated towards achieving something even when i didn't really know what i'm chasing yet you know like i've got this tendency of like um doing loads of things at once so like you know being super into something for like a few weeks a few months or maybe even for a couple of years and then completely dropping it and like moving on to something else and i never feel like it's a time wasted but i never had like the one thing that i would be like this is what i like this is who i am this is where i want to invest my energy into the only thing that's been stable in my life has been fighting since i remember but i never thought i could make it in my career because that was always the thing that sort of you know people told me off uh, for and like I usually got me in trouble so I never thought I could actually build onto it so I kept ignoring it and doing all these other things but in the end it was fighting but you know whatever whatever I started in my life I always kind of you know gave him 100% and my focus and I always felt like in one way or another it's going to make me grow you know it's going to make me evolve into a better person in one way or another yeah everything kind of contributes um to that bigger picture and it's it, it is it is fascinating that the, you know, we people talk about fighting, whether it be in a form of grappling or striking or both, and they always see it as something that you do on the side. Um, but they they don't see the unless you do it yourself. You don't see that picture that it not only is something whether you do it professionally or on an amateur level or is in, even as a hobbyist. You don't see it as a thing that helps you as a person for all of the other things around you and all of all of the ways that it can teach you discipline and uh, educate you about nutrition and even, you know, even things like learning how to be sociable and kind of connect with people. Mm, definitely. 100% agree with that. It can teach you a lot. I feel like it's that missing link. Like sometimes it can show you it can it can show you a lot of things about yourself. And this is another reason why I like to compete and fight so much, because every time you do it, you end up learning something about yourself again and again, you know, and it doesn't matter how many times you do it, you always end up learning something in the process. And not only in terms of like, you know, becoming a better fighter, like technically or whatever, you just learn things about yourself, about, you know, your, your psychology, about why you do it, what made you be in that place, what made you want to fight that other person in front of other people. <laughs> yeah. Have there been any kind of real turning points for you in competition where you've turned around and gone, wow, like I've, whether you've, you've realized something or you've, you know, you learned something about yourself or, or, or why you compete or how that comp particular fight made you feel or what result came out of it? Loads, loads, loads of times, to be honest. Like I think every time, every time I compete, every time I fight, something like that happens. But I think one of the biggest turning points was, um, when I broke up with my fiance at the time and then I had a competition the day after I moved out from our flat and um you know I wasn't really doing that well up to that point like it, he was a guy who used to sort of bring me down a lot and make me question because he'd be like oh why are you even doing this like you're never gonna become good it's never gonna you know give you anything like you're being selfish you have all your weight cuts and all your comps and you know you're just focusing on your thing blah 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 you should quit and then you know w when I broke up with him the day after I moved out I had a competition I remember I did so well like I got all goals I had really tough fights I won them all I had loads of submissions 
questions. I remember I think it was a bunch of us from Elements going and um, Dom Dylan was like cornering me and even he was surprised with my performance. And ever since that comp, I've been doing well. There hasn't been a single comp that like, oh yeah, I've lost everything. That was really shit, shit performance. I'm not happy. Like literally since then, it was like no looking back. Because I realized I can actually, I can actually do it. I'm actually good. I don't have to listen to anyone's bullshit. You know, it's just a matter of me deciding I'm gonna become good at it, no matter what whoever says. You know, uh, and I'll make it happen one way or another. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is. It's fascinating how you frame that as well, because you were talking about uh people when you were growing up not being able to see outside of you know in terms of amb- ambitions and kind of focus on growth and things like that. And it is the the ultimate form of self-control. When you step on the mats or into the cage, there, there's no one to back you by you. Yeah, definitely. And I don't even think, you know, it's it's that stepping into the cage or stepping onto the mat that is the most difficult or the most challenging part of it. It's the preparation. You know, by the time I'm in that cage, in the ring or on the mat, I'm just smiling. I'm happy I'm there. I'm happy I'm not injured. I made it through the camp and it's fine. You know, it's, it's showtime. But, you know, it's everything leading after it. It's all those like super hard training sessions. It's all those times that you're like in the ring, like literally wanting to cry the whole session because you feel like shit. It's all those times that you can't really go and like hang out with your friends because you've got to go and train or because you can't even go go out and, you know, eat a meal with them because you're cutting weight and you're starving and you're tired and, you know, you're lacking sleep and all of this. And the only thing that's on your mind is actually stepping to that cage or stepping on a mat. So once you're there, it's, it's, it's almost like a reward by itself and it should feel like a relief. And, uh, yeah, and that I think... Uh, that's how a lot of people describe it. It's that, it's that satisfying feeling that all the preparation has has come to that one point, and you 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 know that you know you you have that satisfaction that you've done everything you need to do, and there's only one person who can judge whether you've done everything you need to because you it's yourself because you know you know whether you could have you could have done more or if you were being a little bit little bit lazy. Definitely, I agree with that. You know, by that time, you know. <laughs> So tell me, uh, as a little bit of a segue, tell me uh, about, you talked about your uh, education and you've got a degree in neuroscience, is that correct? Yeah, um, I've got two degrees. So I've got a degree in fine arts and then I went on to get my neuroscience degree. So, I mean, it's quite fascinating in terms of uh, whether you've you've looked at that and I'm sure you have in terms of what you do as a profession now and and, and how you've uh, looked at that in your own life? Yeah, I think, like, honestly, if you were to look at my CV, I've got, like, four or five, like, a 4 size pages of, like, work <laughs> experience, and none of them are, like, linking up in any way, you know? Like, I've, I've worked as an actress, you know, I've acted in the theatre and advertisements and films. <laughs> uh, you know, I was, um, I don't know, a cafe supervisor, barista, you know, I worked as a bouncer for a few years. <laughs> Like there's literally the list goes on and on and on. And even even with my uni stuff, like both of them, I studied those degrees because I was really interested in them. And like with, with art, like I always I always loved art. I always loved anything creative when I was younger. And I just never felt like I'm quite like you know talented enough to do it. But that was the reason why I decided to do it, to challenge myself to actually like develop the talent that I thought I was lacking. And in the end, I ended up like finishing with like first class degree and like literally top marks in everything, like better than people that I actually was looking after that I thought were a lot more talented than me. I think I'm just stubborn and like I decided I'm gonna like <laughs> become an artist and I became an artist. And as soon as I reached that point, I was like, okay, yeah, fuck it. Okay, moving on, what's next? I was like, yeah, I'll become a scientist because that's really cool as well. And I've always been shit with science so why not <laughs> so I went on to uni and <laughs> I studied neuroscience because um yeah I was really interested you know like the brain is one of the most like um intriguing things really and even you know like studying studying the brain and the nervous system is just you know the brain trying to like find out things about itself how weird is that and it's probably like uh, the least developed field of, a st- of, of, of a science and the most interesting one. So obviously, if something is super hard, I'll be super attracted to it. So <laughs> I decided to study that. And then, 
again, like I had maybe three jobs whilst I was studying. Sometimes like I'd work like days and nights and then I have like full-time uni and I still managed to finish with like first class degree again. And then as soon as I finished, I was like, yeah, fuck it. Now I know what I want to do. It's, you know, I want to be a fighter. So <laughs> enough studying, enough degrees. I'm not doing a third one. <laughs> Let's just fight now. <laughs> There's a little bit of me that thinks... Uh, I'm going to see something next week or next year saying, oh, well, you know what? I decided I found this really hard degree. I'm going to pick that one up too. Yeah, I think nobody would be really surprised, to be honest. And there's a lot of things that I would love to study, but I just, yeah, I just want to focus on fighting for now. <laughs> so uh, talking about focusing on fighting, you've uh, recently uh, been training at New Wave and working on your wrestling. Um, and uh, it's something that, I mean, especially in the UK, we see that MMA fighters, the ones who stand out, of, uh, not only good all-rounders, but um, the ones that kind of uh, we see really dominant have great wrestling. And there, is, there are only a handful, I'd say, of really fantastic amateur uh, MMA fighters who have a really solid wrestling base. So um, how have you found that? And uh, how do you think that that's going to apply to the next fight? Yeah, um, I agree with it. I think wrestling is like the missing link. You know, someone can have a really good striking base and they can they can be very talented grapplers. Um, but if they go into an MMA fight like they they don't have wrestling and the other person does, they'll, they'll probably beat them, you know, um, because a good wrestler's pressure is, is really tough to fight against, you know. And um, I think I think it's um, very useful to focus on that for some for some time. And obviously, um, you know, training pure wrestling is not super useful in MMA. It needs to be adapted to MMA because it's, you know, a completely different sport as well. Um, but yeah, I feel like um, I haven't been really focusing on my wrestling enough over years and I was almost like running away from it. That was, you know, sometimes it used to be the session I used to dread. So back in the day when I trained at Elements, um, like there, was, there would be like wrestling with Danny uh, one, one day a week, I think. And that would be probably like the hardest session of the week. And he'd make it like super fun. So I'd always show up, but I'd always feel like, fuck, this is hard, you know? And I had to like prepare myself mentally for it. And then I moved out, I lived in Cyprus and there was this like a massive Greek coach, like really intimidating, <laughs> huge guy <laughs> teaching wrestling like every Wednesday evening. And I remember like, I'd literally make excuses every week, like why why I shouldn't make this class, and whenever I had an opportunity to do something else, I'd just decide to do something else. Because not only the you know it was it was hard, it was also like he he didn't really speak English, so everything was in Greek. So I have this huge intimidating Greek guy shouting at me and trying to teach me wrestling, and I'm I'm I suck at it, you know, and I'm just there like getting frustrated and getting fucked up, and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so it was like I was dreading that pretty bad, and then. And um, I've worked a little bit on my wrestling with Don Dillon as well and Elements. So he taught me a lot of like um, uh, cool tricks, obviously some catch wrestling world champ. And he's been doing quite well in Jiu-Jitsu in terms of his wrestling and MMA as well. So he had his ways, he had his um, little tips that I'm still using. And then uh, when I started training at New Wave, I started working with Sid, uh, who's obviously, you know, a high, high level, a top class wrestler. And he's been doing his pretty much his whole life. And um, because of lockdown, I sort of started focusing on that a lot more than I usually have the time for. So um, in, in the last month or so, I was training wrestling like six six times a week, five times a week, you know, like times like two, three hours a day or something, you know, just working technique, working sparring, like doing the wrestling conditioning, like literally everything. Um, and I feel like, it's super useful. He corrected a lot of mistakes I was making. I wasn't even aware of. Um, he showed me a lot of things that work for me and he really helped me to develop my game. And I feel a lot more confident as a wrestler, as a grappler, as a fighter in general, just because of that. Cause I never, you know, I always liked wrestling. Like if you look at any of my grappling matches or anything, I'd never pull guard, you know, I'd refuse to pull guard. <laughs> I'd always try to wrestle with people. I've got some grappling matches where they were literally 
um, just standing for like five, six minutes or whatever that was, just because if I was going against a really good wrestler, like I refused to go down and I couldn't take them down. So we're just standing for the whole time, you know. <laughs> uh, but now, now I actually know what I'm doing and I'm a lot more effective with it and a lot more confident because I think with wrestling is that confidence as well. It's the timing and it's the confidence because even if you get the timing right but you're not 100% confident, you, you're probably not going to land that shot, you know. It needs to be like 100% perfect on both. And as you said, like, I don't think that there are many amateur MMA fighters in the UK, especially female MMA fighters in the UK, um, that have this, you know, like wrestling developed um, enough to actually, you know, use it in a cage efficiently. Um, so, yeah, that gives me a little confidence boost going into the cage for sure. So I know that I've been focusing on it a lot more than anyone else in the country. I think there's um, there's something in that. It, it, there's something so much in that that confidence really is so key to, especially in mixed martial arts. When you know when you're having an MMA fight, the confidence to make that shoot because there are so many more risks that you're putting at play. You know, for a grappling match, it still continues. If you're a jujitsu match, you get taken down. We, you know, you're in someone's guard or you, someone's landing in side control, whatever. Um, unless you get dropped on your head. You, the match is going to continue. But with MMA, there is that risk that, you know, someone may drop you. So you need to be confident. You need to be so confident in your wrestling to know that it is going to land and you have got your timing right. And and that confidence also really affects your eye. We see it at play with so many great dominant M, uh, wrestlers, MMA fighters with wrestling backgrounds, is that that confidence just saps Pe- uh, people's opponents as well we just you can see that the fear in people's faces or they're just like the they're all they're thinking about is getting taken down yeah definitely definitely and with good wrestlers like you know it's coming you're trying to prepare for it you're trying to work all your defenses you're trying to you know you think you can counter it but when when you feel that pressure and good luck <laughs> mm-hmm. you know if they want to so, take you down they will yeah most definitely so the what 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 made you was there a, a reason that you decided right and I, I know you set yourself a year of grappling and then it turned into three years but was there a reason that you went okay right now we're gonna go back and now we're gonna go back to mma i mean i honestly i wanted to go back into it um for the past two years you know even though i probably well most definitely i wasn't ready back then yet um, but to be honest, when are we ready? Like we're ready whenever we decide we're ready. We're never really ready yeah. enough, you know. But um, I did try to go back into it even when I was I was still in Cyprus um, like two or three years ago. Um, but every show I got booked onto, every opponent I got matched against, like I don't know, nothing really worked. The shows got cancelled, opponents, opponents pulled out, there was injuries, there was all sorts of bullshit. It was just like, a, I don't know, like bad bad karma or something <laughs> i don't know but any anything i got matched on just you know it like didn't happen in the end and then i came back to uk and i was struggling to find good training and obviously i was i was elements like coaching and training there but it's not really a, um an mma uh, club you know so i couldn't really work my mma there and then to be honest i don't know if if i'd be fighting mma now or I'd still be doing my grappling, if not lockdown, because it was lockdown that actually made me go and look for other gyms and, um, you know, made me make that decision to, to change to change clubs and start a new wave. And, and once I was there, once I actually, you know, found myself uh, surrounded by people that fight, um, surrounded by MMA coaches and, you know, like people with the same sort of goals and the same attitude, everything, everything fell into place. And, you know, from week one, I was like, right, find me a fight. You know, I want to fight. I'm ready now. I know it. It was just like a mental thing, you know. And interestingly, you were talking about female MMA, uh, female MMA fighters in the UK and in Europe. There is a lot of, you were saying there are a lot, aren't a lot of female grapplers with a solid wrestling base. Um, but I feel like you coming in as a as someone who's now spent a huge amount of time working on their grappling and, is, you know, you've proved yourself that, um, you know, you're not to be messed around with um, on the floor. There's obviously there's a striking element that's now been brought into it. But from a jujitsu pedigree, you know, you can hold your own. So it's going to be really interesting seeing kind of how that dynamic works out for people who, you know, for opponents who are coming across you who most likely I'm not saying always will be but most likely will have 
more of a striking base. Yeah, sure, really. And um, I'm in a really weird position now um, because obviously I've been I've been doing all like different types of fighting, um, like um, for like what ten years now, on and off with injuries and breaks and all of that. Um, <laughs> but you know, like uh, my 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 MMA like official MMA record is just one loss. And that was three years ago. And now I'm coming back into the scene being like, hey, I'm here. And like, you're all like, were aware of me, but I haven't really been active as an MMA fighter for ages. And my record is shit. I'm actually coming off a loss. <laughs> but then at the same time, it would be quite unfair to fight some bums that just literally started, you know, like training a year ago or six months ago. And they've got the same record as me or, you know, is it their, their debut or something? I don't think that would be fair. That's, that's, you know, that, that would be a smart sort of um, thing to do in terms of my career to like get a few like shitty fights, like against some shitty fighters. Yeah. You know, get the, get like six fights and be like six and one, you know, and be like, yeah, I'm great. And now, you know, I can, I can start getting some decent opponents. Um, but no, fuck that. I wouldn't really feel good with that, you know. This is why I was really happy when the Clan Wars fight came about because um, my opponent, um, Shannon, she she is actually a really good fighter, you know. She um, uh, she is quite an experienced kickboxer. She she's had quite a few MMA fights. She's quite well known in the scene. Um, she you know she competed at IMF. I think I believe she got um, silver medal at IMF Worlds. So you know she she's a she's a top class fighter and. This is, this is someone I'd like to test myself against, you know, and it might be like deep water straight away because in the end of the day, it's that cage time actually matters, you know. I could be doing all these different bits, uh, you know, separately and competing a lot in, you know, striking and grappling or whatever, but um, I don't have that much MMA experience, competitive MMA experience compared to these other girls. Um, but this is who I want to test myself against, you know. I feel like... Um, yeah, it's 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 the best sort of decision to do to make right now. Honestly, uh, I wouldn't feel good fighting people that are a lot less experienced just because we have the same record. So I think you know stepping up a gear and going for a little bit harder challenge is the only right thing to do here. And I think it's a real good measure. Like you know, you're saying what what's the point essentially of padding your record um as well as how you, how you personally feel about it. But I think it's straight away it's a good measure of where where you're at in terms of in, com- in comparison to female fighters um, in the UK and Europe and how you measure up against them because, uh, you know, because there isn't as many fighters out there, it, you know, padding the record and fighting people who've only been training maybe a year or less, um, it, it is harder to, it's harder to give yourself a measure. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's pointless. And also, like, the amateur record doesn't really matter that much. You know, like, honestly, like, no one's really going to ever remember that unless you've got, like, you know, I don't know, a streak of, like, 20, 30 perfect fights with just wins, and, you know, they'll mention that. But otherwise, like, it doesn't really matter. It's just for you to get that cage time in, to get the experience, to figure out your style, to figure out your game plan for the fights, you know, get that confidence in. And what really matters is when when you're pro, that's what matters. That's when I'm going to actually start worrying about, oh, is this the right opponent for me or not, or whatever. But in the end of the day, like, Anytime there's an, um, you know, an opportunity for me to fight, I'm like, for me, it's a yes straight away before I even look up the opponent. But I've got to ask my coaches and whatever the decision is, I'm OK with it. <laughs> yeah. at, the, uh, at the end of the day, when you turn pro, your, your record resets to zero and zero. And that, that, exactly. So who, who cares? Like you say, if, if you're on a streak and maybe if you're IMMAF, you know, gold medalist, apart from that, no one really cares. Uh, people, when we talk about amateur fighters, uh, usually when people debut as pros, unless they've achieved some sort of, you know, uh, unbelievable record as an amateur, the, mo- the most thing we focus on is, is like you say, cage time, because that, that's all that matters. And you can see that when people debut as pros, the, the difference in people who've had quite a lengthy amateur career or a lengthy amount of time in the cage as amateurs that translates so much when they have their pro debut to whereas people who've maybe had one or two fights as pro as amateurs and then switch straight to pro. Yeah, definitely. But, I agree with that. But one of the things I, uh, I'm interested in is how, how far ahead are you looking? Um, can what you've obviously switched your focus. You talk about directing your focus to MMA and to competing as a professional fighter, but 
how you know how far have you set your goals are you focusing just one fight at a time or is there a particular um route that you want to take see this is sort of um what i used to do before you know when people were asking me what what are your goals what are you aiming for and just be like oh i just want to go back into mma i just want to have an mma fight i just want this i just want that i want to compete here i want to do the adcc trials like my goals were sort of like um they were not too you know like far away from me they were like ambiguous yeah in a way like they were they were too accessible they were just within my reach reach and then last year something changed something changed in my mentality and and um i think a lot of conversation i had with all sorts of fighters around me and all of that just made me realize that hey i'm actually good enough to aim for the things that i actually want to aim for because i'd speak to some people that ask me about my goals i'd tell them that like no but what's your actual goal like the thing you know that you're actually looking and working towards and i was like well okay like am i allowed to like aim towards anything like yeah whatever you want to achieve so yes i know what i want i want two belts the two belts that i really care about which is going to be the ufc belt and the adcc world's belt you know and that's the only two things that i actually really want and you know that i always have at the back of my mind when i'm training or when i'm fighting when i'm doing anything so yeah i realized these are the two goals that i've got and you know whatever whatever that's gonna um, be on the way to these two whatever opportunities will pop up i'll definitely you know i'll go with the flow whatever that is i'll never say no to any opportunities if there's any other organizations or any other things i can do but in the end of the day and i said that i think last week as well to someone for as long as i'm alive these two belts are always on my mind and these are always my two main goals i mean i guess it's a question of uh which order you which order you'd prefer them in it doesn't really matter <laughs> i feel like there's probably a uh well i say there's less damage there's uh there's probably less well there's less punching getting punched in the face for the uh, adcc belt i'd hope <laughs> sure, and I feel like I can work towards the ADCC um, as I'm preparing for my MMA bout. You know what I mean? I can do it sort of on the side as a part of my MMA training. I don't have to drop my MMA training in order to focus just on grappling and to go out there, you know, to to uh, you know compete against all these grapplers. I think I can I can do both at the same time. There's no reason why you can't. There's there's I think uh, you know if you if you're not um cutting yourself off and with MMA training comes grappling training. And we've seen plenty of MMA fighters compete um, in grappling tournaments and be highly successful. So uh, yeah, there's no reason why you can't. And in, you know, talking about professional fighters, is there any kind of role models that you've had that you've either looked up to when you started martial arts Mm. or anyone that you're looking at? you look to now in terms of uh, whether they be coaches or other fighters that you look at and whether it's take inspiration from or kind of use as a, uh, as learning tools? Um, yeah, to be honest, I've got quite a lot of sources of inspiration. I find a lot of people quite inspirational. I don't have, I never really had like role models or someone that was really like look up, uh, look up to. Um, but I find a lot of people inspirational. And definitely when I started, like I'd, I'd look up to a lot to um, Joanna and Jacek, uh, which, you know, at the time she was climbing up at the um, UFC rankings. She was doing really well. And obviously then she became the champion. And it was really cool to see someone who was sort of like me, you know, growing up in Poland. She, you know, she also did Mai Tai. I remember her from some like, Mai Tai competitions in Poland as well. Like I've watched her career before she even started MMA, you know. So it was amazing to see that girl from, you know, from the blocks in Poland, just, you know, going all the way up to UFC and actually, you know, achieving amazing things. So I definitely look up to her a lot. Um, and also Dia's brothers, I love these two. They're so real, like, honestly no shit like ever since i started watching the fights like i was just like yeah this is this is how it's supposed to be in fighting you know no bullshit no like you know um some crappy shit talk or talking about money or whatever it's just they've got that spirit they just want to fight you know they just all they do is just 
get high, uh, do the triathlons and fight. <laughs> That's all they do. And you see them walk into that cage and like they're, they're getting like fucking beaten up. Yeah. And they're just walking through the shots, smiling, chatting shit, and they're still fighting. <laughs> and this is sort of the spirit I was looking after. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's something about watching the Diaz brothers where, uh, I mean, I can't remember who's competed. I think, well, it's definitely Nate who must have competed last, actually, because mm. Nick hasn't competed, I think, well, definitely. Since, the, since the silver fight, I think. Mm. Um, but there, there is something, and especially the kind of, the, the not relaxed, but the confidence they have in that cage. You could put them, you could take them out of that cage and put them anywhere. I'd put my, all my money on it that it doesn't matter where they are their fighting doesn't change. It doesn't matter if they're in front of some bum in a gym or in front of Anderson Silva. Yeah, that's the amazing thing, isn't it? They're definitely not intimidated by, you know, other person's status or whatever they were chatting or whatever, you know, people think about them or whatever. They're just there to fight because they they love it, you know, and they they don't really give a shit about anything else. (laughs) And, and, you know, for, for Joanna as well, I mean, it's come up in the news again recently of just about how great that last fight uh, fight was with Zhang Weili. But I mean, uh, I think Dan Hardy was saying, uh, just responding to people making stupid comments about women fighting. Um, <laughs> but there's, you know, everyone was on their feet and it was, for me, it was probably one of the best fights I've ever witnessed. But there, the, the, con- the, the heart of Joanna just cannot be uh cannot be put down they're, they're, and it, i think it's uh is testament just to just how tough a fighter she is but you can't you can't look at that look at that fight and look at her career and not be inspired right no definitely you, you can see the heart you can see that there's no such thing as giving up you know but like i think that that must come from her background from 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 her past you know when you come from a place that like you literally can't give up on your dream because that's the only thing you have you know the moment you give up on that dream you have nothing left you know so why why would you you know you're gonna fight with all you have because <laughs> yeah, this is this is the last thing you're sort of clinging on to the only thing you care about besides that there's nothing and do you, I mean, you're, you're doing so many things at the same time that you've talked about. Are you, where you've made that change now and like you say, uh, lockdown and things has helped you uh, think about kind of what you want to do and really direct your focus. Are you, are you now kind of more set on going, I'm not going to be distracted by anything else. This, you know, this is the path that I'm going to take. Well, I've been pretty focused for the past, what is it, like four years or so, ever since I dropped everything else. And I was like, right, I'm doing this full time. And like, I don't know how I'm going to make it happen. I've got no money. I've got no idea of like how to make it happen, but I will. And somehow I managed to keep it up for like, well, yeah, four years. And that's been my main focus. I've done loads of bits, obviously. I've, you know, I've moved around. I've lived for a bit in Philippines, for a bit in Cyprus, you know, here and there. But you know, the, the main focus always been the same. It's just that now it's a lot clearer. And like before I just really go with the flow, I still do that a lot. But before I just literally, I wouldn't really know what I want. I just want everything at the same time, you know, and I had no patience as well. So a lot of times I'd make decisions to do things that I wasn't really ready for yet. Um, whereas now I really see a clear path and I really see that I'm going to get there. And I don't know, like the, the motivation and the drive is just a lot stronger than it used to be. And I've, you know, I've got rid of any, any things that were, that were between me and my goals and any people that were standing in my way. And I just feel like it's, it's a lot easier now to actually focus on that. And, uh, are there any, are there, I know you said you, you know, take any fight that gets you closer to that end goal, but are there any, uh, particular, um, organizations or particular steps that you'd go oh well I, I don't mind if I you know I'll take what what fights there are but I'd, I'd love to fight on that show or that organization well yeah definitely um the uh, in in the UK that, that must be cage warriors you know that's definitely my goal to get on that um when when I actually turn pro because I think you know there's a clear path from there to any top organizations in the world and you see that clearly uh looking at you know the, the people that previously got the belt in cage warriors what happened uh, with them career-wise um 
but yeah, as I said, I'm not really too picky. Um, we'll, we'll see what the future brings. There's a lot of grappling shows I'd like to compete on as well, uh, both in the UK and, and um, in the States and in Europe. And I've been invited to quite a few of them, but uh, obviously Corona got in the way. So I'm just waiting <laughs> for things to, you know, sort of stabilize for me to be able to travel and to actually make uh, make these shows because that would be amazing, you know, get some international exposure here and there. And, you know, it would be great experience. But again, I, I would not say no to any, any shows, to be honest. I think if so, if there's a random karate tournament that turns up in the middle of London, uh, I can uh, <laughs> I can. See- Put submit your application tomorrow, right? Yeah, definitely. You'll see me in my in my little kimono kicking the shit out <laughs> of someone in the park. Why not? <laughs> um, I, I I noticed though that uh, uh, you competed recently in a wrestling tournament. Uh, was it last week or this week? Now I'm, I'm uh, not too yeah, sure. Well, on Sunday. On Sunday. On Sunday. Um, and uh, had to remind yourself that um, choking people out wasn't the uh, <laughs> the end goal. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, um, I, I, I went on to that tournament and I didn't actually understand the rules. I still don't understand them. They're really weird, yeah. And then obviously I competed against like top level wrestlers, like some of these guys, they're like Olympic level, they're like European champions, world champions, national champions. They've been, most of them, they've been doing it the, the whole life, you know, they're training it like day in, day out, twice a day. They know the shit. And then it's me showing up like out of nowhere, like a Polish, Polish wrestling cup. I'm Polish, but I'm from London. Like no one really <laughs> knows me. Like where did she come about? I got my wrestling license registered on some random Polish club that I've never even been to, just, you know, for a formality. Uh, I'm cornered by a coach that I literally just met on the day. <laughs> and I'm dead. Everyone's just looking at me. Who the fuck is this girl? Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously I had no expectations. And I just went on to it because it was sort of like one of the things I had on my bucket list. I always wanted to compete in wrestling. I mean, that, that that's wrong of me to say. I always admired wrestling and always looked up to wrestlers. I'd always look at them and be like, shit, this looks so tough. This is so difficult. And like, you know, the the the, the, the level of athletes doing wrestling and like the physicality, the strength, the endurance, all of that is really impressive. So I'd always watch that. I'd always watch like some wrestling matches, be like, fuck, this is so amazing. I'd be like, I wish I could do that. But I'm just too old for it. It's like when I watch gymnastics, I'm like, this shit is cool, but there's no way I could ever like get into it and do it properly because I'm just too old you know and there's way too much to catch up on and then when I realized I can actually compete in a wrestling tournament and I'm like semi ready for it um that was amazing realization like fuck I actually reached the point when I can I can take that off my list and see how I get on and like again test myself against like top level wrestlers and that was a great experience and you know even though I lost my matches like one of them I swear I think I lost in like 10-15 seconds um because the, the girl the girl basically just rotated my shoulders from one side to the other and every time my shoulder touched the mat it was like two points and when there's like 10 points difference you lose basically so um, we got reset back up to standing and I thought we we're going to still fight. And then the fight was over <laughs> and I was so upset because <laughs> I just wanted to carry on. Um, but yeah, I got invited to compete in the national championships in, I think, September. Um, so that's going to be pretty sick and it gives me enough time to actually understand the rules. Like, yeah, prepare this time. <laughs> the thing is that like when you've competed so much in BJJ and sub only grappling, like it's ingrained in your brain, you know, if you're winning or losing a batch and what the points are, it's, it's part of you. You don't even have to consider it. It's like there in the back of your head. Whereas if you've never competed on a particular rule set before, and if you're not exactly sure on the points, it can be completely different. Yeah, definitely. I was sort of just like aiming um, for my opponents, you know, back to be on the mat, like one way or another, but didn't realize that doing certain things is actually giving them points as well. So I was doing some crazy shit, and obviously I was losing points while I was doing that. And, you know, like with this choke, which wasn't really a choke, you know, I just grabbed the neck because I wanted, I wanted to pin the girl. I was trying to move her shoulders, move her hips, but she was literally glued to the mat. So then obviously my, my great um, next idea was to grab her neck. And the ref was immediately like, no, what are you doing? This is stupid. 
And the funny thing is, like the refs there, like wrestling com, they're literally like so focused. They're sprinting from one edge of the map to the other to see it from all the angles. They're like proper on it. Like as soon as there's something, like even before it happens, they're already like not nah, reset or whatever. It's not like in BJJ that there's there's a ref, you know, and like yeah. you look, you're feeling you're about to break someone's arm. You're looking at the ref and he's like watching a match across the mat somewhere else, and and you're like, okay, I'm breaking this guy's arm. Are you gonna stop the match or not? <laughs> Hey, look at me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's frustrating when it's BJJ. I mean, you see it. You see wrestling referees, and they're like, they're almost like shooting, sliding themselves yeah. across the mat to be able to see it. And then you've got the BJJ ref, and they're like, oh, what's going on? He's like, oh, that fight's good over there. The, the, we should, I should check that one out. And it's like, oh, you realize I'm choking them out, right? Like, can you see this? Yeah, literally, that's the thing. You know, chokes are not the worst. It's when you're actually breaking someone's, like, limbs, you know, and, and like, you sort of know, like, this is going to happen, but obviously if they don't stop it, you've got to carry on, yeah? <laughs> yeah, and that's the and thing. And you don't want... you, you, you don't know if your opponents, because there's two types of the opponent. There's one who's going to be a tap, and if the ref doesn't see it, they'll be like, look, man, I tapped. It's all good. And then you've got the one who got, I didn't tap. Yeah, didn't yeah. Tap. Exactly, uh, you, exactly. You, you, let, you let me you let me go so let's mm -hmm. carry on definitely well um i mean i i was going to keep some of the uh submitted questions from uh, our audience until um, later but one of them kind of segues nicely so i'm going to use it now which is um how how are wrestling fights versus bjj fights in terms of your impressions like well, I guess this was your first wrestling competition, so it's a bit different. But if you were to compare your first uh, this this first wrestling competition in comparison to your first BJJ competition, and um, what were your impressions? Um, I think like um, in BJJ, you can you can um, do a lot more. So even if you find yourself in a really shit situation, you can still you know do a lot from there. You can still win the match. Whereas, whereas in wrestling, like if you're fucked, you're fucked, you know, and you know it straight away and you can't fix it. Like it's it's too late and it happens real quick as well. And I think also in, in jiu-jitsu, you don't necessarily have to be a great athlete if your if your technique is great, especially if it's like gi jiu-jitsu. You can really be mm -hmm. that nerdy weak guy, but you just understand the game really well and you can you can you can submit, you know, some some huge guy on steroids pretty easily, you know. Whereas in wrestling, like the weight and the power and the strength and the explosiveness, endurance, like all of that really matters on top of technique, you know. And again, it's that timing and confidence as well. Like in jiu-jitsu, you can save a lot of shit situations pretty easily. In wrestling, like, you know, it's, it's one, one, one mistake and that's it, it's over. As soon as there's a pin, it's a pin, you know. And it's, it's actually pretty easy to, to find yourself in that position when you lose a match in wrestling, no matter how good you are. So, yeah, I think that's, that's the comparison I'd, I'd make. Yeah, and I I also think that, and uh, I mean it it is dependent on obviously where you are, what country, what region, and stuff like that. But the the average level, I think, because less people compete in wrestling as as it just like sole wrestlers and not MMA fighters or BJJ fighters who have an interest, that the average kind of ability level and physicality level is so much higher in wrestling. Like if you if you go into a kind of wrestling competition and there are actually people, not just kind of people who are moving in from other sports, but people compete in wrestling as standard versus, you know, your white belt who's competing for the first time, like you're going to uh, you're going to have much more trouble in that wrestling competition. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> um, but, you know, um yeah, you, you, in jiu-jitsu, you get a lot of people who do jiu-jitsu as a hobby. Yeah. And. I don't really see any people that do wrestling as a hobby. And it says a lot about it because it's just really hard, you know. It's physically super demanding. So obviously the people that will compete in wrestling, they're already top level. Yeah, they're, they're, there's a the drop-off for wrestlers. I mean, I, I, it, and I think that's partly because, I mean, I guess it's it, because it's not as popular and because it is so physically demanding you don't find many, like you say, you don't find many hobbyists, um, especially in the UK. It's hopefully something that will change. Um, but you don't find many people who just kind of, oh, I do, you know, I, I play football at the weekend. I do wrestling at the weekend. You don't really hear that as much. Yeah, not really. Um, well, as we're on user submit questions, we might as well move on to the next one, which is um, 
what do you do apart from training? Um, where, this is quite a broad one. Um, what do you do apart from training? Where do you want to go if you can go? Um, which is quite amusing because we're speaking to each other from other countries anyway, but um, <laughs> we might as well take it bit by bit. So uh, what, do you, what do you do apart from training? Um, it depends. If I'm in a fight camp, then probably not much. <laughs> that happens quite often. Um, Sleeping but, and eating. Yeah, like to be honest, a lot of things I do outside of training tie up quite nicely with training, so it's quite related to it. Um, I'm obviously a personal trainer and I teach, um, you know, I, I coach, I, I teach yoga as well. So I spend quite a lot of time with my clients and with, with people I'm helping. Um, I like to read books, so I do that too. And I like to watch a good film. I love traveling. So obviously now, well, this is something I haven't really been doing much of, except for like traveling within the UK. Um, but even that, like it's something that I love to do. So whenever I have free time, I usually just go away somewhere, even if it's just, you know, like a shitty walk in London or something. <laughs> whatever that is just just to change the scenery um i like i like nature so i like to get out in nature quite a lot and i like walking i like i love music so i spend a lot of time creating loads of like crazy playlists for every mood and every act activity and every time of the day pretty much and obviously i i am quite a sociable person so i like to see my friends as, as often as i can whenever i can I, I I wonder if uh, how much control you've had or how much you get to test those uh, playlists in the gym. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, to be honest, usually I just I just force all the people to listen to my shit. Uh, but a lot of <laughs> a lot of them actually enjoy it, so they even ask me to play some music. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, I like to control the music wherever I am. <laughs> does Does this put uh, pressure on you for that that first walkout song? I mean, it's not going to be the first workout song. Um, well, not the first one. The first one in a while. That's that's true. The first one in a while. Well, since since like what? Since probably the last one I had was like July. <laughs> um, no, not really, to be honest, because usually it just comes to me, you know. Like I've got my uh, my playlist for Fight Camp as well for my training in Fight Camp, and I tend to like add songs to it on general in uh, on on daily basis. And however, you know, whatever I find, and I feel like this is this is a good you know training tune or whatever. I'll add it onto it, and then when when the time comes and it's like clo getting closer to a fight, it's just you know some something feels right and i'm like yeah this is it this 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 makes me feel like i'm ready for this fight and then i just choose that song you know nice um well we've we've nearly hit the hour mark so i think that's a a, a good point to uh move on to the uh quick fire which is uh a little thing we do at the end of each podcast which is uh a good way of finding out a bit about our guests um and there's some interesting facts and uh see what their tastes are like and also um uh, it's quite amusing as well and <laughs> we like a good laugh on here um so if you're happy to do should we get going on that yeah sure let's see cool so the first one is acai yay or nay uh i never actually tried a decent one so i don't know right we now <laughs> we have to we have to get some high quality acai um, is there a guilty pleasure food that you have? Yeah, Obviously, you're getting ready for a fight now. But... There's one food that is literally like my crack. It's cashew butter. <laughs> I'm guilty. That's such a that's such a bougie guilty. I like. I, know, I, love, so I love it. But like, honestly, I can't. I can't have it within my reach. I can't have it. At, you know, at home or anywhere. I can't see it because I'll just have as much as there is. So it's 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 a big like kilo whole loaf. Kilo if it was a ten kilo bucket, yeah, I'd finish it in one sitting probably. <laughs> uh, so the next one I'm going to edit because it was going to say uh, ADCC or UFC champ, uh, but how can I edit this to make make it better? Okay, which one do you want first, ADCC or UFC? I think ADCC realistically is going to come in first, especially if the trials are going to go ahead this year. That makes sense. Um, they're in. Are they still in Poznan this year? They should be in Poland in September. Yeah. Um, and then uh, next one is why purple? Oh, it's a long story, but um, 
Uh, long story short, it's it's a really nice color. <laughs> no, honestly, it's, it's probably like the most metaphysical color. It's got quite a lot of symbolic meaning to me. And I don't know, it just makes me feel good as well. I like it. Nice. Um, well, this is this is going to be a very quick one. Takedowns or pulling guard? Well, definitely takedown. Fuck pulling guard. What's, uh, more so now, what's what's your favorite takedown? Um, double leg. Double nice and nice and clean, nice and simple. Definitely like last it. double with a little spin, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite place you've competed? Um, Manila in the Philippines. Oh, nice. Uh, was that a grappling or a striking? Tournament? That was my first grappling uh, fight. How how was that? What was it like uh, competing over there? Oh, it was great. It was a completely different experience. And again, it was only three months into me training and I went against someone who trained for like three years. So it was a good test. Um, but yeah, it was a big international comp. It was, it was great, definitely. It's awesome. I love watching competitions overseas. I think it's fascinating oh. watching, uh, uh, especially with BJJ, where it is in pretty much most countries now. It's, it's fascinating watching kind of different rates of development and watching just how how it's spreading everywhere it's yeah great. definitely and there's like completely different styles of teaching and and you know different styles of fighters uh, all around the world you know so you see that as well yes and and, and different ways of learning i'm going on going on a bit of tangent now but um uh before before we started recording you were talking about a little about um how you've seen things change in poland in terms of training and yeah. the just different countries seem to uh, really imprint how they teach and how they uh, fight, like develop jujitsu in different ways. Definitely, and it's it's very dynamic as well. It keeps on changing. There's loads of influences from everywhere. Uh, right, where do we go to? Uh, dream fight for you if you had like a dream matchup. I uh, will we'll split this in two: dream dream MMA matchup and then dream uh, grappling matchup. Mm, I don't actually have a dream MMA matchup because um I don't know. There's too many people that I think will be a great fight, but um, I'm not in a place to actually match myself against them, even in my dreams yet. <laughs> um, and I'm not that picky. But dream drafting matchup, um, yeah. I think UK-wise, I'd love to go against Fionn Davies. Um, that would be, I think, a great, great test at some point. And then uh, abroad, oh, I don't know. There's so many people I'd like to fight. I uh, fucking Mackenzie Dern. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could do Mackenzie Dern for both. Hey, there we go. Okay, sorted. Mackenzie Dern is is it actually is an open, you know, call up. <laughs> <laughs> fight me. <laughs> Slide into those DMs like Darren Hill and just be like, fight me. You are one of them creeps. <laughs> um, submission of choice. Um, I like a lot of them. It seems to change from time to time, but it would have to be either rear neck choke or heel hook. Nice. Um, and then, fin- well, finally, uh, if you if someone had to play you in a movie, who would it be and what kind of movie would it be? Oh, this is a really hard one. It would definitely be some gangster shit, some, like, Mexican cartel or something. Um, okay. But... Uh, <laughs> Honestly, I don't know who, who what, what actress could play. I'm really shit with names. So even <laughs> a face popped up in, in my mind, like, I wouldn't probably know the name. So I don't know. <laughs> so, a random actor, but it's got to be like a, 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 a... Are you against the cartel or are you part of the cartel? I would be, I would be the queen of the cartel. Oh, okay. Have Definitely. you ever seen Queen of the South? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that kind of thing, but a movie, like... Yeah, that, you, would, that would be that would be it. I think. So, rather than top boy, top girl. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I like. It. Um, oh, I've missed one question, which is a very important question, which is caffeine of choice. If you don't, if you if you have a caffeine preference. Caffeine preference. Yeah. So, are we energy drinks, coffee? Oh, that's what you mean. See, I didn't even like think about energy drinks because I don't drink them at all, and I never did. Um, but yeah, loads of coffee, loads, loads, and loads of coffee. Um, usually black, dark, like my soul. <laughs> <laughs> the the stronger the better. Is, Definitely. Is. Some people are terrified by how strong my coffee is. <laughs> <laughs> is it just dry? Just is is like just ground coffee and like a millimeter of water and just down it 
Yeah, sometimes. Or I would just make like a, you know, um, literally a pint of like really thick, like strong coffee. And I would drink that whole thing in like less than five minutes and make another one. <laughs> Anything to get through those like 6 a.m., 7 a.m. sessions, whatever it takes. Uh, I don't do 6, 7 a.m. sessions. That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep is too important. <laughs> Definitely recovery. You know, sometimes I finish my training at like 11 p.m. There's no way I'm training again at seven. Like, fuck it, ten, nine, nine is like the earliest I can be at the gym training again. Well, it's, it's mad to think that um, when the UFC, especially, I think it was when they did uh, the Alexander Gustafsson versus I can't remember who. I think it was him and Jimmy Manoa fight, and they ran it at like three in the morning, four in the morning, so it matched up with US times. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. You've got to train for it. Those times to like get used to it, because otherwise your performance is not going to peak at that time because it's mad. No, I remember listening to fighters where they were saying, "Oh, yeah, we're having to get up at early hours in the morning to get ourselves used to competing." That time, no, absolutely not. That yeah, I I think that was that was really unfair to make like all the British fighters like fight at that time. Like, if you come in here and you're making a show here, you know, you should cater for the people here. Yeah, absolutely. Let's can we just have all European? I mean, mostly, mostly now. I think uh, the European shows are, are this time. I know the Abu Dhabi are more linked to the American ones, but let's just can we have all shows UK time? It's been yeah. the, the Americans had so much time now. Let's 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 think about our guys in Europe, right? Definitely. Like when I when I stayed in Philippines, that was like the best time to watch UFC because um it would literally be on Sunday morning at like eight nine a.m. So we'd wake up. It'll be our day off. So it'd literally just wake up, go to a pub, like eat breakfast whilst watching UFC live, and then like uh, by the time it finished it was like lunchtime. So we'd like get some food, go for a massage. It was a perfect day, you know. <laughs> that's that sounds dreamy right there yeah <laughs> cool well uh thank you very much for coming on are there any uh sponsors or uh i mean we'll put your instagram and stuff um links to the uh and links to the clown wars pay-per-view uh on the podcast but is there any sponsors that you want to shout out yeah sure so obviously thanks to new wave and all the coaches and teammates thanks to my new sponsor matt live hydro bros icbd global beatitude green gym group and everyone else that's supporting me and has been supporting me since the very beginning i'll never forget any one of you um and yeah that's it thanks to all my friends (laughs) (laughs) and uh what dates the fight just so people know it's on the 20th of March and it will be um, two days of fights actually. So my fight is on the show on the 20th, uh, but then there's another uh, fall on fight card on the 21st. So it's Saturday and Sunday, uh, two days of fights. And there's a lot of really good fights to watch. That's brilliant. Well, we uh, wish you all the best of luck and we'll definitely be watching come the day. Awesome. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and thanks for having me as well. <laughs>